0: Hockey to mm. baseball, mm-hmm. uh, as we're talking about with with both those teams, the future may be more interesting than the present. Although with the Tigers, I have to say they they, they can keep being ten games under five hundred <laughs> right. and still, still, race. still yeah. Yeah. in the pennant They're in the worst, up. the absolute worst division, <laughs> not just in baseball but and in, in maybe all of in sports. Sport. Nobody <laughs> seems to want to win. You know, Minnesota gets to the front they go on a terrible losing streak. Cleveland oh, gets yeah. there. So I don't know. You know, Red Wing if, they, if the Tigers rather, you know, win you know, go on a winning streak uh, win seven out of ten or yeah. whatever. They'll they're be literally right there gonna September. be in the a- yeah, they're not mm-hmm. going to be a 500 baseball no. team, but they're going to be. <laughs> but meanwhile, they 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 had a baseball draft, and li- listen, generally we don't talk about baseball drafts because you're not going to see these kids for a whole long time. Mm-hmm. But given what's happened with Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson, and you know, the, the fact is, the only real story with the Tigers is the future. Um, they ended up drafting number three in the uh, in the, in the in the draft, and instead of going for a sure thing. Um, in in a college player they ended up picking a high school kid who some people think max clark uh be. you know a a a a future mike trout type of guy Mm -hmm. uh jp morosi is on the line with us uh, who talks baseball with us frequently from his uh position as mlb network and fox sports baseball analyst jp how are you
1: Mitch and Ken, I am outstanding, and uh, you've already made my day by putting me in the same segment as Mr. Eiserman. That's pretty cool.
0: Yes, well, you did follow him. <laughs> 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 You'll know you've made it when when, uh, when I say, coming up after J.P. Morosi, Steve Eiserman. but first...
1: <laughs>
0: so, well uh, okay, uh, a high school kid, I mean, that's not such a shock because the baseball draft often drafts high school kids, but when you're... Number three pick and they have a a Florida prospect uh, who's played against college pitching and, and you know and, and and you've never had a chance to see this eighteen year old Max Clark out of where is he, Indiana? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's right. you know, Franklin, he, he may Indiana. have he may have hit six hundred or whatever, but it was against high school pitchers. Is he that good? He is that good.
1: And and Scott Harris, the Tigers president of the baseball operation, said yesterday that he was for that pick the top name on their draft board and, and they like the athleticism and Scott Harris has described him as a true five tool player. And this is where Mitch and Ken, the baseball draft is so interesting. It is three dimensional chess because you're comparing unlike the NHL draft where basically everybody's 18 years of age and some are 19. You're comparing the high school player and the college player. And you're trying to project with that crystal ball, three years forward, how much closer is Max Clark to being the Wyatt Langford that the Tigers passed up, the player from the University of Florida. I think right now if you had to play a game, you'd pick Wyatt Langford because he's the college player, was in the national championship game. You like all those things about his experience, but here the Tigers are betting on the projection that if you look five years down the line, that Clark is the better player. And the the tools are there It was a bit of a controversial pick in some ways that they did not go with the sure thing. But I would point out that if you look at the comparison between Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson, Green, who was a high school pick, has been the more successful professional player than Torkelson has. been. Torkelson was supposedly the sure thing, Pac-12, Arizona State, number one overall pick. So the one thing I've learned all these years, guys, looking at the baseball draft, is you either know everything about all the prospects and you do it 12 months out of the year or like me you learn a little bit <laughs> around the time of the draft enough to be conversant on the on the prospects and then just enjoy watching it unfold because right. very rarely does the top 10 on draft day Look like how you would arrange them five years down the line. Well,
0: and and you're smart to admit what you don't know, and everybody should do the same thing. And, and I, I would just ask one other question, in general, because there's no point talking about this kid specifically because nobody's seen him play. And you don't he even know, if he got a driver's license. It, he kicks the crap out of it in high school, and okay, we'll, we'll see. But in general, a high school kid, even a great high school player, versus the, the when he's ready to be in the you know play in the major leagues. Is he at this stage at 18? Is he 50% there, 80% there? How much more of a of a of a of a 18-year-old's development is there between the time he's a high school star to the time he can effectively play in the major leagues?
1: It's an excellent question, Mitch. And I think that one of the important things we should say is that certainly it depends on the player. We saw Bryce Harper arrive in the major leagues at 19. Trout arrived as a teenager. Uh, Manny Machado arrived as a teenager. It happens, but it's rare. You go back certainly to the great number six in Al Kaline, the bonus baby era, that was more of a normal occurrence. It doesn't happen as often now, but those names that I gave you, Trout, Machado, Harper, that was 11 years ago. That was this generation of player. It can happen. It's rare. Much more common is even the, the really advanced players arrive at around the age of 20 or 21. And even then, then there's the other dynamic. We talked about comparing the high school player with the college player. Well, how about the international player who signs at 16? Right. I was at the game yesterday with my dad, actually, and we were looking at the Blue Jays roster, and he said, oh, look at this, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who we feel as though has been in the major leagues for a long time, he's still the youngest player on the Jays team. He's 24 years old, but he arrived at 20. And that's where – it's really, to be fair, not an entirely equitable process when the clock for your promotion and when you have to be on the roster, if you're an international player who signs at 16 out of the Dominican Republic versus someone who has played three years at the University of Florida and is 21 in life experience, advantage, preparation, nutrition often, and training, it's an entirely yeah. different life. And I think that's what we have to keep in mind about the challenge of developing players.
0: Good mm. point, JP Morosi, who followed Steve Eiserman but still was in the same, but still got on the he same still show. He came through, though. He still came like through. Kind of like the the the, the last guest through. on the Tonight Show, but you know, through. still on the Tonight it Show. It was like Dangerfield being the last guest, yeah, though. He that's came that's through. He still came on the show. Tonight Show. Still for, there. Still got the, the couch. Steve I left. He, he's not on the couch anymore. Steve <laughs> left. But you got to the couch, and it was warm when you got there because Steve I, had sat on it for a little while. I so love it. For, you for felt the, the first warmth.
1: Time, for the first time and perhaps the only time, the scoreline reads, Morosi from Iserman. <laughs> 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 Thank you, John. It's 760 best, WJR. Thank you.